Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of IBD Heal, a podcast brought to you by High Carb Health. I'm your host, Shakul, and today I'm joined by filmmaker Dolly Vyas Ahuja. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Shakul, so much. It's an honor to be here. So let me just introduce Dolly to you guys uh, just briefly. Dolly is a, an Ahimsa animal activist and a voice for the voiceless. Her mission is to spread awareness and education about the cruelty of the dairy industry. She comes from a Gandhian family and is the granddaughter of a freedom fighter for social justice in India. One of her main objectives is to have Indian temples pledged to be cruelty-free and ban the use of dairy products. She also frequently speaks at Jain temples and various vegan events to stress the importance of switching to a plant-based diet for animals, the environment, and human health. She was honored to speak at the World Vegan Conference in New Delhi, India, and her goal is to create a world where everyone lives their essential nature of practicing compassion. And she hopes that the film will inspire those to incorporate pure ahimsa into their daily lives. So she has is the director of this wonderful new film, The Land of Ahimsa. And, um, you know, we're all here to talk all about what this means and how this has an impact on everybody's life and also the world. So welcome again. And, you know, maybe we can just start off with your story as, you know, kind of what led you to to create this um, really lovely movie. Yes. So first, um, I'm not the director, I'm the producer. Sorry, the producer. Um, yeah. Our director is the Bollywood director, um, Mr. Ariman Ramsey, who's been our childhood friend. And when we told him about this and we're like, would you do it? And he's like, I've never done a documentary, but I'm up for challenges. And he decided to do it. So my story, uh, let me tell everybody a little bit about my story. Uh, I was born in India and we moved here when I was just one years old. So um, I was born in a Gujarati vegetarian family. So we always had vegetarian food at home. And when we started the lunch school program at school, you know, we were enrolled in that and we ate, we ate it. My dad must've thought we live in America now, we'll adapt to the American lifestyle. I grew up eating pizza, popcorn, burgers, you name it. But in the house, uh, vegetarian Gujarati food, which I still love today. So about eight years ago, I started practicing the way of the Tao and Taoism. And a Taoist teacher taught me, you know, to meditate and meditate outside where the frequency and vibration is higher. Meditate under a tree because trees carry a lot of knowledge and wisdom. And your whole life will change if you meditate under a tree. And he taught me to exchange oxygen and CO2 with the tree. So I would breathe and do that first. Then I went to the tree and I would put my hands in the soil of that tree. And um, I would say, you know, please take all the toxins out of my body and decompose it to positive energy. And soon after that, I started getting into juicing. I started watching videos by Charlotte Garrison from the Garrison Clinic in Mexico, where they're curing cancer with carrot, apple, ginger juice. And I was so fascinated by it. I bought my first slow juicer. I started making waking up at five in the morning, making that carrot juice, made it for my family. And then soon after that, I got into like smoothies and lemon water with ginger and mint and, and, um, green, and green juice. And I felt tremendous energy, a lot of melatonin at night, natural melatonin, sleep great. 
energy at the gym. I just felt really great. Continue to go to the tree and I would ask the tree, you know, show me the truth of this world. Show me compassion, show me love. Make my heart multiply and multiply and multiply. And one day when I came home from walking my dog, while I was watching a juicing recipe, I bumped into another video. And it was called The Best Speech Ever by Gary Yavalsky. Mm. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people probably have seen it. And it was on animal cruelty. And boy, oh boy, it was so difficult to watch. Mm. And I'll never forget that night when I went to go make dinner, I pretty much had a, a breakdown on the kitchen floor. I no longer wanted to ingest um, anxiety, pain, suffering, torture in my body. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm a Gujarati. I got to have that chai in the morning. <laughs> and I went to the grocery store in the morning and I picked up my first almond milk. And that's, you know, that's how everything got started. I learned how to make my own almond milk, cashew milk. Now I'm into oat milk. Um, and that's how my journey started. And, mm-hmm. you know, after that, I knew that being vegan wasn't enough. I had to, I, I wanted to be the voice for the voiceless. And the tree one day gave me an idea. Why don't you talk to your own Indian people who are pure vegetarian about the dairy? Hmm. And so I called my mom and I was like, mom, I want to speak at a Jain temple. And that's when, you know, she called a few numbers and I got in touch with some people here. And, and I spoke at my first Jain temple. I was very nervous. But uh, the president, you know, the ex-president became vegan. I started a WhatsApp group with women at the temple and uh, we exchanged recipes and that temple made a lot of changes. So that's how my journey started with that, um, with the film. Um, so I was invited. I started making friends on social media in India, activist, because mm-hmm. now I'm an activist now. And there was going to be the biggest animal liberation march in India for the first time. It was in Pune, India. Mm-hmm. And activists were telling me, you got to come. And I was telling my husband, I got to go. I've got to march just like my grandfather. I've got to support my brothers and sisters. And so I go and it was amazing feeling. And then after that, I was invited to talk in Delhi at the World Vegan Conference. Meanwhile, I have a little YouTube channel where I do recipes and juicing and interview doctors. So I was telling my husband, you know, when I go to India, I would like to interview these activists and plant-based doctors and some amazing sanctuaries in India. And then I must have slept on it for five days and woke up and I'm like, why don't we do a documentary? We're going to India anyway, and we're going to do all these interviews and travel. There's never been a documentary done about this. Can mm. we do a documentary? He was very supportive. And that's when we called up his childhood friend, Mr. Ariman Ramsey. And that's how all this, this film idea came about. Wow. Wow. That's really cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Just sometimes just... You know, taking action when when the thought comes and the thought comes for a reason and taking action and making things happen is really, really uh, fantastic. So uh, the key word in the documentary is ahimsa. So why don't we talk about what that means? Because a lot of people may not know the full meaning of what that word is and and what it means to us as as Indians and as a a culture. So, um, yeah, why don't we delve into what the meaning of ahimsa is? Yes. So, you know... This word ahimsa originated in our motherland of India 5,000 years ago by the Upanishads. It is the most beautiful word ever written. Ahimsa means 
non-violence to all beings, not just human beings, but all sentient beings and everything we think, say, and do. But we have gotten so far away from this word and we need to come back to our roots. And we, this film will allow viewers to align their values with their actions and putting ahimsa back into action. Yeah, absolutely. And what does what does that look like in in somebody's daily life? I mean, you know, if it means it means compassion or nonviolence towards all beings. You know, what does yes. that mean in terms of how that would look like in in your daily life? Yes. Yeah, so in my daily life, you know, um, I remember back in the day, if a fly or a spider would come, we want to kill it. But now I get a glass and a thing, and it's like you you feel liberated once you go vegan and once you're practicing ahimsa. You feel so liberated from from harm to any anyone or any any living being, and you you try your best every day to cause the least amount of harm as possible. Hmm. So in um, in your daily yeah yeah carry on yeah I would just say in your daily life be the best version of yourself every day, hmm. and if you're not gonna harm your dog or cat. Uh, why would we harm any animal in this world? They all feel the same. Hundred percent. And what are the flow-on effects of making those choices? You know, so once you decide, okay, I want to be compassionate and nonviolent towards all the beings, and you know, some people might be sitting there and saying that, well, I don't actually partake in any, I don't kill any animals myself, you know. But you know, what does that mean by you know, how does that work? You know, if I go to the supermarket and I buy some, yeah, so. You know, let's just take it from there. Right. When you pay with your dollar, you are supporting these industries. These industries are killing 80 billion land animals a year. And when you pay with your dollar, just think about what the animal, what the the cow and the chicken and the pig and the all these animals have to go through. They have to go through torture, anxiety, death. We are contributing this when we pay with our dollar. These industries don't have to exist if we don't support them. We need to stop supporting them now. So that's what it looks like. I would say do not support, you know, the fur industry, the zoos. I mean, when you when you go vegan, you might go vegan for health. You might go vegan because you're an animal lover. You you go vegan for the planet. But the more research you do, you feel like, you know, why harm others when you don't have to? And we don't have to. So why would we ever do that? And that's what ahimsa means. Ahimsa to me, I mean, praying under the tree taught me karuna. It's a beautiful Indian word. And karuna means to diminish suffering of others. So that mother cow was me now. That Her milk was my milk. Her baby being stolen was, was me. Her happiness was my happiness. And that's what karuna means, you know, to diminish the suffering of others as much as possible. Mm, and that's a lovely segue into what I wanted to talk about next, actually, which is the dairy industry. And and just wanted to talk about what this industry does and how it exists and how that glass of milk or that bottle of milk ends up the way it does. Can we just talk about, first of all, the process in which what what it takes to have milk produced and then you know we can kind of go into some of the things that happen in the dairy industry as well and, and how the animals are looked after yeah 
And that's what I always thought. What is behind this white glory? You know, because we go to the grocery store and we buy a gallon of milk or an India comes maybe in a package at your house. But what mm. goes behind this white glory? It comes in this pretty package. We know nothing about it. Mm. So a lot of people, you know, here and in India are just unaware. They think cows just make milk. No, cows make milk because they're mothers. Number one, cows only produce milk when they've had a baby, like a giraffe, a monkey, a, a dog, a cat, a human being. So today, in, in this time and day, we are 8 billion people on the planet. So no cows are just making love and producing babies. We have to artificially inseminate them, number one. Um, this is a very crude procedure. It's very, oh gosh, painful. And the medical term actually is called rape rack, where we put a cow into a rape rack and a farmer inserts one arm up until the elbow in the cow's rectum through her private area into the uterus without any painkillers. Now, if this was done to a human, it would be called rape. But because we do it to a cow, it's called artificial insemination. I mean, it's it's just so wrong. It's bestiality. It's it's domination, oppression. And mm. we have to stop this. Um, so cows and buffaloes and goats, they're all abused because they're a female. And the dairy industry is the most cruel industry because it is the most betrayal of motherhood and the female body. And I'll tell you why. All we're doing is using her for her reproductive cycle. We're using her for this one reason because she's a female. And a lot of people think, uh, you know, Indians will think it's holy, it's sacred, it's tradition. But how are we getting this milk? It's so painful. And, you know, cows can live up to 20 to 25 years. But because we're artificially inseminating her, we're getting her pregnant year after year after year, she will die at five or six years old and be used for cheap hamburger meat or leather or export. How could this be in the land of Ahimsa? How could this be where in the land where we, uh, you know, we know that the cow is holy and sacred and buffaloes in India have no respect, no rights at all. And people don't know whether they're drinking buffalo's milk, cow's milk, or goat's milk. But it is wrong in so many levels. And once we find this out, I mean, we're the only species on the planet who are drinking another species breast milk. It's, it's not even normal. We were just taught that this is hmm. normal, natural, and necessary, that we need it for the calcium. Hmm. And um, it's, it's um, I can't even tell you, in India, there's a procedure called kalbacha, where they take an infant, probably male, and they kill it, and they stuff it, and they put it next to the mom, so she'd produce more milk. It is the most um, a cruel thing. I mean, how can we sit here and separate a mother from her child? It is the most... Uh, excruciating thing we could ever do as a mother, as a female. Uh, how can I support this? So, so explain to um, explain to the audience what happens after the the cow gives birth to her child. What what do we do um, right. to those babies? So here in America, after the cow gives birth, the males will go straight for veal. 
and the veal industry would not exist without the dairy industry. Uh, so in India, a lot of times the males will go to soft leather. So when you're wearing your expensive purses and all this, you might be, uh, it's a soft leather from a, from a cow or a, a, from a buffalo. Um, and then um, after that, they're going to get her pregnant again. They're going to take her baby away, okay? They're going to get her pregnant again and again and again and again. And if it's a male, there's no use for the males. So in India, a lot of times males, you'll see them on the street eating plastic and they're hungry and they're thirsty. The mm. farmer might poison them and say nature took the course. Or they might go to a goshala, but goshalas are not the answer either. They're crowded. They're still taking milk at goshalas. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just it's just a vicious cycle. And when she can no longer produce milk, she'll be getting exported. India is one of the largest beef exports in this world. We're the second largest in leather. How could this be in the land of Ahimsa? So it's become very commercial everywhere, India and everywhere in the world, because we got to have our chash and paneer and ghee and yogurt and ice cream and all these things. So there's no way we can... Um, you know, let the baby have a drop of the mother's milk because us humans want it. Now in India, yes, they might be getting it in a good farm. They might be getting it twice a day, but a baby needs milk every two to three hours, any baby. Mm. And that's why they tie her back legs. They tie her tail because naturally a cow will kick. The only person the cow wants at her udders is her baby just like the only person I want is my baby when I'm feeding them so we just we, we think this is normal and natural and it's really not when you really think about it mm, absolutely now um so you went and and filmed this documentary in India what were some of the things that you saw as you kind of traveled around and and observed different farms and things yeah well, when I was a kid and I would go to India, I would think, wow, look at all these cows on the street. Mm. I just thought it was awesome. And back in the day, the farmer would actually come to the house and milk the cow. And my you know, grandma would uh, boil the milk. And all my life, I just thought, wow, this is amazing. This is so cool. But now when I go to India, of course, my I see a lens, you know, my eyes see through a different lens. And now Yes, I saw so many cows going through trash. They're very thirsty too. They're hungry. You don't see the males. Where are the males going? I went to dairy farms. I actually saw the rape rack. Uh, I saw drugs on the floor. Now, you don't need a vet uh, to inseminate a cow. Any small villager farmer is trained how to do it. And it's very sad. They're chained. And many of them, they're chained so close that um, all they can do is stand up and sit up and they're in their own feces and urine. And it's so hot in India, the urine actually cools them off. It, it was just so sad. The babies were separated on a small rope. And, you know, it makes me cry. It makes me cry when I go to India and see that. And how can not India see that? They're just not open to seeing this. Because they think we need our milk and everything's fine and, oh, she's holy and, and everything's fine. And no, no, I think, you know, we need to wake up and see the truth. And a lot of people don't like 
to see the cruelty, but until you see it, if you can't see it, how can you ingest it? Mm. You know, so we really need to wake up as a culture. And as our culture evolves, so will our traditions. You know, in India, once upon a time, sati, where the woman had to be in the fire with her man, was accepted. Mm. Childhood marriages were accepted. But now we need to evolve as a culture and say, dairy is no different than beef. They're two sides of the same coin. Mm. So how could we ever, ever harm um, a mother like this if we're believing in ahimsa and we're pure vegetarians? Um, we need to evolve and go to plant-based dairy products, milk products. Mm. And what else did you see? I, I've heard that in India, there's a lot of uh, drugs and medicines given to the cows. What? How, can you talk a little bit about how that works? Yes, so they're injected, of course. Now, you know, when a cow delivers a baby, her estrogen level goes up naturally, just like us. But they're giving so much steroids, so much um, hormones to produce even more milk. Hmm. Um, and of course, antibiotics, because they're sick. And there's no vet they're taking care of like that. So they just pump in antibiotics. And the truth is, you know, they have to get injected with calcium because so much of their calcium has been depleted because so much of milk they have to take out. So people think that, oh, we're drinking milk for calcium, but even the cows are calcium deficient. They have to be injected with calcium. Mm. So it's very sad with the amount of, um, and you know, all this is getting ingested in us. And my whole thing is, how can we be pouring milk on our deities at the temple? We can never put raped, raped milk on our deities, our gods that we love. How can we do this? Hmm. And, 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 you know, a lot of these temples, they're using gallons and gallons of milk every day. When, when, uh, when we're starving a baby, but yet we're going to put milk on a deity, um, it's so wrong. And, and what else I noticed is elephants in India being abused outside of temples, weddings, um, functions. Yet at the temple, we praise Ganpati, Lord Ganesh. We praise Lord um, Hanmanji. But outside of the temple, we are training monkeys to do dances, which is a lot of cruelty involved. So we're, it's, it's so hypocritical that at the temple, we do one thing, but outside of the temple, we're har harming God's creatures. Hmm. How, could this, how could this be? We need to open up our eyes. Yeah, this I think a lot of the time, it's just because this is what we've always done, you know? Yeah. And uh, as you said, you know, our traditions need to evolve as we learn about different things or as we understand how things are changing uh, in the world now. Um, in terms of the other flow and effects of this industry, you know, in terms of human health, in terms of environmental health, how does this one product kind of the flow and effects of the consumption of this one product, what does it do um, to all, all other aspects of our lives? Right. So a lot mm. of people, okay. So a lot of us think that we need, especially vegetarians think that we need calcium. The only way for calcium and protein is cow's milk or mm. buffalo milk, or goat's milk. And that's not true because I mean, what is calcium? Number one, when I ask people to define it and it's a mineral, no different than copper or magnesium. So the cows got the calcium from eating the roots from the ground. 
And so all we have to do is skip the animal and go straight to the source. There's calcium and greens, even carrots, everything. And same with protein. Protein comes from plants. Protein mm -hmm. are amino acids. Where do amino acids come from? Plants. So we have to break that myth. And, you know, I think the Harvard nurses study proved that the women who drink more and more uh, milk and dairy have more and more osteoporosis. Yet we were taught the opposite. Hmm. And of course, you know, dairy is can be carcinogenic because of the high estrogen and all the drugs that are in there. Um, there's nothing in there that's healthy for the human body. It's acidic when the human body should be more alkaline. Everything in there, the proteins, the lipids, the sodium, the growth factors are all for a baby calf. It's meant to grow a, a, a 200 pound calf into a 1500 pound cow. Hmm. So this is, this is why we see obesity and all these problems in the world. And one cow, imagine, can drink 50 to 100 liters of water a day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in California, the land, you know, we're getting water from our aquifers, actually, in California. There's no more water because each cow needs to drink so much water. They need to eat so much grain. They need a certain amount of land. So every, what, six seconds, we're chopping down the Amazon forest for animal agriculture, for cows and goats and buffaloes. Mm -hmm. So it's affecting our climate, global warming, the methane in the air from cows. It goes up in the atmosphere. It stuck, gets stuck for about 11 years. And it's uh, more potent than CO2. So, you know, I would say the same ethical diet that is going to save the animals is the same ethical diet that's going to optimize our health and the same ethical diet is going to heal the planet so it's a win-win um when we do this when we go vegan and we're going to have to leave an abundant bountiful planet for our future generations and our executive producer dr shayla Shirao, you know he has said he he's um his thing is it's going to be a vegan world 2026 we have no choice because mm. all wildlife with vertebrae are going to go extinct. And once we do that, we're going to go extinct. So mm. it's so important for us to, you know, stop chopping all these forests down. Mm. We have to keep the wildlife. Everything in nature is there for a reason. And um, we're going to have to make the switch. Otherwise, we're not going to have a planet to live on. Absolutely. You know, you know. First of all, before I go to the next topic, you know, where can everyone watch your film, The Land of Women? So just talk about, you know, you know, where it's possible to see it and and um, what platforms it's available on. Yes. So Plant-Based News is carrying our film. Thank you, Plant-Based News. Um, just go on to Plant-Based News YouTube channel and you'll see our movie there. Um, we premiered it on November 17th, but it's going to be out for 90 days. It's in 12 different Indian subtitles. Just go to, to the captions and you'll see it in 12 different languages and it's going to be for 90 days. Also check out our website, www.thelandofahimsa.com and uh, plant-based news. Okay, yes. so go go check out the plant-based plant news uh, YouTube channel and uh, you'll be able to watch the film there. What would you, you know, as we wind up the interview, what would you want the kind of um you know flow and effect of your film what what kind of effect would you want to see 
happening uh, because of the work that you've done? Yes, well, my dream is India will be the most vegan-friendly country in the world because India still today is a dominant vegetarian country. And Indians have a deep veneration for animals. You know, our, so many of our gods are depicted with animals or our animals. Um, they have such a deep veneration for Mother Earth, Bhumi Devi. We always pray to Bhumi Devi, which is Mother Earth. And their love for Ahimsa and the mother. So my dream is that India will, you know, Bharat, India, they will lead the way. They have to lead the way and show the world that we can do this because Ahimsa is in our hearts, you know? Definitely, definitely. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And, and talk about the, I, I think you ended at some screenings in India, didn't you, for, for the movie? Yeah, so we traveled. Um, I think it'd be nice to hear about some of the reactions that you got and, and how it was received um, from people who came and watched it. Yes. So yes, Dr. Rao, uh, our executive producer, myself, his son, and Parin Sachdeva, who did our um, tour. We toured a lot of places, all of India and a lot of universities. Mm -hmm. And some of them were already vegan, some not. But definitely a lot of like questions that people didn't know. Um, you know, a lot of people will say, well, what are the farmers are supposed to do? You know, they're poor. How are they going to make their money? Um, you know, farmers will boom. I think only the product line has to change. India, we can, in the South, coconuts are easily grown. The, uh, South, uh, uh, the people in the South already have coconut milk, actually. Um, we can grow cashews. We can grow rice. We, there's so many ways to make plant-based dairy products. But Dr. Rao always says, focus with the people who can first. Focus with the people who can go vegan first. And then we can always help, you know, the farmers and all that. But I would say we got a great reaction. Of course, uh, we went to a culinary school and, you know, they cook with all this stuff. So mm. they had a lot of questions and, you know, uh, the question always comes up, oh, don't plants have feelings? This is a, um, a question. So, you know, we always tell them, you know, if we brought up little um, a baby bunny rabbit into this room or a carrot, do you want to cut the carrot for 10 minutes or cut the rabbit for 10 minutes? And nobody wants to do that. So um, obviously it's not in our hearts, you know, but we see it this, it, this pretty little thing and we mm -hmm. think it's okay to have. So that was a question a lot, but I think when Dr. Rao explains everything about climate change, people are opening up and people who already have this passion in their heart, they're opening up. So overall, it was really good. We went to a, um, a medical facility with nurses and they were just shocked because they had no idea that, uh, you know, they were taught pharmaceutical companies teach the medical students. <laughs> See? So keep them sick give them drugs, keep them sick, give them drugs. It's a, it's a cycle. So they're never taught, oh, if you go plant-based, you'll be healthy. You won't have these diseases. Um, so they were really, yeah, open to doing some research on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think, yeah, I think it's just a fantastic thing that you've done. And I think it's going to open a lot of eyes and hopefully, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of people watch the watch the film and 
and, yeah. and watch it and you know we'll be putting a link in the description below for the um, film so everyone who's watching this and is interested in learning about what actually goes on in the dare industry um and especially you know if you're from india and you want to see what's happening in your own country please go and check this film out because it's 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 i've seen it and it's, it's a huge eye-opener uh and um you know it, anything that's a catalyst for change we're very happy to and excited to promote it and and help people learn the truth i mean jamie's and i are very much focused on helping people learn the truth about the truth about health um and how to improve everyone's health with um, a plant-based diet but you know one of the things that makes it easier to stick to the the diet is understanding the ethics of it and what happens to animals and and how how our choices affect other other beings on this planet so um yeah. you know that's one of the main reasons you know even though we don't do a lot of this content it's important for people to to i know what's happening and to have people like you come on and share your your knowledge of of what's going on in the world is is valuable oh, thank, so thank you, you very thank much thank you thank you and you know like um i never went vegan for the health i just i, I i'm an activist i do it for the animals hmm. but as i got you know when i started juicing and all this stuff it was just like wow i feel this tremendous energy when i juice and i eat healthy and it just feels great and um so now I'm into that too. You know, I have to, mm -hmm. I juice Monday through Thursday. I'm really into that. It opens you up. You're healthy. You have this tremendous energy. So it's a win-win because your health will get better. You mm -hmm. always want to keep an alkaline body. They say cancer cannot live in an alkaline uh, body. And uh, Dr. Neil Bernard and so many other doctors are reversing diseases through a whole food plant-based diet. So this is like a win-win. Like this is such a educational information. The World Health Organization has said processed meat is a carcinogen. Mm -hmm. Wow! But we're never taught this. We're never taught in medical schools that you know that the protein, protein, protein. It's not <laughs> about where's your protein. It's about where's your fiber. Mm -hmm. Ninety-nine point nine percent people are constipated, or mm -hmm. they got IBS, or they got Crohn's disease. But uh, yeah. All you have to do is go back to Mother Earth and, you know, eat everything Mother Earth provided. Amazing, yeah, absolutely, and and um, you know, people who've been watching this channel will be will have seen so many hundreds of people overcome, you know, the their different diseases by changing over to a plant based diet. So, um, well aware of everything that's going on uh, from a health perspective. Um, but today, I really, was I'm really thankful that you came and shared shared your story about you know how what's happening in the world in terms of the animal agriculture and and what's happening in india and i think people will learn a lot um from what you've said but also watching the film that you've created so thank you very much anything final words that you want to share with everyone i just love everybody go vegan go vegan today for the animals <clears throat> your health and for the planet Thank you very much, Dolly. Well, for everyone watching this, you know, I hope you enjoyed and I hope you go and check out Dolly's film, The Land of Ahimsa. Please give this video a like and a thumbs up if you enjoyed it and um, you want YouTube to share it with more people. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to this channel, please hit the subscribe button and the bell notification to get notified of all our recent uploads. And uh, if you have any questions about anything we've talked about today, there's a comment section down below. So please ask away and 
we'll be happy to answer as best as we can. Apart from that, I'd like to thank you for very much for joining us today. And uh, take care, everyone. Make sure you eat plants and lots of them. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.